Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Thank you for joining me today. Today's a special day. We're going to look here in Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. We're going to dig into a parable, do a little Bible study here today. How does that sound? I'm excited for it. Hey, if you love God's Word, it'll be exciting for you. If you struggle with God's Word, well, it'll be a blessing to you as well, because we're going to dig in and look at a very powerful parable in Matthew 22, and it's Jesus speaking. So we're literally going to pour over the words of God. Amen. The words of God from the Word of God. And so I'm excited here, uh, and I'm going to dive right in. We're in Matthew chapter 22, 1 through 14, if you can follow along. If not, you'll catch up. Uh, I'll, I'll read each verse uh, slowly here. And uh, it's a simple parable with so much depth to it. It is just incredible. As I broke this down, uh, I was doing a Proverbs uh, family, our family altar time at home. Uh, we've got three kids, Kobe of 14, uh, Jenny, who's about to turn five and CJ who just turned four. So we've got uh, a whole group here along with my wife, Sue, and uh, we get together uh, as much as we can. And we have a family altar time. It's almost kind of like a mini service. And it's been such a blessing for our household. Amen. And uh, I'll be honest, with a teenager especially, it's really been helpful. And the little ones, they love it too. And it's just been wonderful. And in our Proverbs time, we were in uh, Proverbs uh, 9, I believe, and talking about uh, wisdom and invited uh, wisdom as a character in Proverbs 9. It's a female that invites uh, people over for her dinner. And reference to Matthew 22, and it got into it and said, man, this is too good to let alone. Lord, we got to do a little study on this. That's what I've asked the Lord. I prayed about it, and he gave me peace on it. So we're getting into God's word about this parable that just I looked at it in a different light. Matthew 22, 1 through 14, verse 1, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, okay, so in the first verse here, we see Jesus is speaking. So this is God telling us what people have done to him and his offer. Okay. So we understand this is directly out of the mouth of God. Amen. People say, I just can't get, you know, God to speak to me. Well, we'll open up Matthew 22 and hop in there on verse one, and you'll see Jesus getting ready to give a parable, very important parable. And it's uh, very important because it deals with our salvation. Amen. Uh, and what the world does uh, with the Lord's offer. So why did Jesus speak in parables? Well, that's found in Matthew 13, uh, among other places. Matthew 13, verses 10 through 17. I'll read those. And the disciples came and said unto him, and said unto Jesus, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Uh, and he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more in abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing 
see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and she should be converted, I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. So we see here Jesus explaining in Matthew thirteen ten through 17, why here in Matthew 22, uh, in verse 1 that he's speaking in this parable, he's doing it. you got to imagine here in the Bible timeline, in the Old Testament, uh, God had been dealing uh, with the Israelites for a long time. And, you know, they were lost in the wilderness 40 years on purpose. They were disobedient. They were going after false gods. They were intermingling with people they shouldn't have intermingled with. They were breaking the laws. They were messing things up over and over. They were murmuring, etc., etc., and they, God's got a long experience, and he's saying, look, at this point in time, I'm going to close this off, and I'm going to reveal myself to those that I know will receive me. And there's actually a scripture there, I believe, in the book of John, which uh, Jesus wouldn't give, uh, give of himself to those that he knew, for he knew who they were. He wouldn't kind of reveal himself to those because he knew who they were. Amen. And so that's the same uh, thing happening here. Verse 2, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. So here we have in Matthew 22, by verse 2, we're jumping into the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which has made a marriage for his son. Who's the king? Well, that's God the Father. What's the kingdom? Well, that's heaven. That's the place that the saved people go. And this truly will be a real kingdom here on earth, the new Jerusalem. We really will have heaven here on earth uh, after the second coming of Christ, after the tribulation period. Now, who's the son that's mentioned in verse 2? The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Who is the son? That's Jesus, okay? So we have the setup here, kingdom of heaven. It's like a king, that's God, who made a marriage. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. For his son, the son is Jesus. Verse 3, And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. So who are the servants? That's the saved. Those are the preachers of the gospel. Those are the, anyone, if you're saved, you are a preacher of the gospel and you are God's servant. Amen. We can go into that, I guess, at a later date, but we're bought with a price. Amen. We are saved, but we are not our own. We are serving the Lord. We are living for the Lord. Uh, Paul calls himself a prisoner to Christ. Uh, there is, we are bond servants. We are, we are like slaves to God, but he is such a worthy master. Amen. And we don't want to leave our master. We want to stay close to our master. We are so thankful he treats us better than anyone ever could. Bidden, what does the word bidden mean? In verse 3 it says, And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Well, bidden just means invited. In this passage it means the Jews, but now in the church age we can say everyone that's been invited. To what? The wedding. What is the wedding? It's that festive event 
that was to take place where God and his church come together. And again, back then he was dealing uh, with the Jews, but now we look at that wedding as the marriage supper of the Lamb, the culmination when the bride of Christ, that's the church, meets uh, Christ uh, at the marriage supper. Amen. Uh, and so they would not come. Who's they? The invited. The invited would not come. Why? Because I'd like to believe this, and Lord help me, they lacked faith. They lacked faith. They didn't believe. Amen. So, you know, if you were at your house and you got to knock on the door and someone said, yeah, the king is having a supper and uh, he'd like to invite you. And you said, yeah, no. You know, you don't have faith. They didn't believe. Amen. Wasn't that the problem with uh, the Jews dealing with Jesus when he, in his earthly ministry, they just didn't believe. He kept saying, I am the son of God. I am the lamb. Uh, I am fulfilling prophecy. I'm the one Isaiah spoke about. Uh, Abraham, everyone, I am the great I am. I'm revealing myself to you. The time has come. Uh, I am he, and he's healing people. He's like doing all these miracles, and they wouldn't believe. Same thing in this parable, right? Verse four, again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Okay, verse 4, hear this king. Okay, that's God. He sent forth other servants, okay? And and he said, look, please come. So, you know, if you don't believe one group, maybe you believe the next. Uh, again, if you want to look at maybe the prophets of old uh, that were preaching of God's coming, right? The Old Testament prophets. And then you look at Jesus, who had said the time has come, and they rejected both. God's so long-suffering and patient with us after effectively being ignored and laughed off. You know, God could have wiped them out, but he doesn't. He reminds them it's well worth their time to attend. Again, in verse 4, it says, again, he sent forth other servants saying, look, it's ready. Tell them what you're bidden. Tell them what you're invited. Behold, I've prepared a dinner. My oxen, my fatlings are killed and things are ready. Come unto the marriage. You know, what does it mean when the dinner is ready? This this really grieves me to think about this. Man, that's, that, that means that God is ready, that the, 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 the marriage supper is ready to take place, that God said, look, we don't have to go through any more pain or suffering. Oh, man, and, and what do they do? You know, what do they do? Think about this. If someone, again, comes to your door again and says, look, uh, someone else came and invited you to this wedding. Hey, this wedding is actually ready now. And the dinner dinner's on the table. If someone tells you dinner's on the table, you know what you do? You go ahead and go and you go sit down and eat that dinner. Amen. But the Lord was rejected. And remember, put this in perspective. This is God, the creator. This is God of the universe. This is God that wants to bless. This is God that loves us. And we are rejecting him. They rejected him. Then we're rejecting him now. God help us. The time is at hand. Verse 5, but they, this is the people that have been invited, made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. So did the invited go? No, they didn't go. What did they do instead? One went to his farm, one went to the idol of work, and another went to his stuff. They went to the idol of materialism. Is that not what we see now? If you invite someone to church, would they not say, oh, I've got work to do, or I've got stuff, I got to go shopping, or I've got stuff to tend to, right? 
God help us. Nothing has changed. It's only gotten worse. People are working more than they ever have, it seems like. And they've got more stuff than they've ever had, it seems like. And they're not any more happier. If anything, they're more depressed. And they are not going to the Lord, not just attending church, amen, but going to the Lord, being saved, turning to him, being obedient, honoring him, living for him. Don't get me started on the Sabbath and everything else. Just taking a day of rest for God, not because we're under the law, but because he is able to just give us that day. And it's for our good, amen. And oh man, okay, I got to keep going for time's sake, but they did not go. They went to their stuff. So this is another slap in the face, right? They were invited. They don't see the importance of this. Again, they lack faith. Amen. If they had a iota, if they had a just the smallest picture of what was ready for them, they would have ran to him. They would have ran to him. But instead, no. And you could look at how the Lord... Uh, our Father God and Jesus Christ, how they presented themselves here on earth as humble, as meek, as lowly, as from Nazareth, as of being of no good report, of just being ordinary people, of not having much money, of being the uh, the son of Joseph and Mary. Oh my goodness, they just average everyday folks. And people are saying, you know, you're not a king and you know, we, we don't want anything to do with you. And our king is going to look so much different. Our king is going to come from this area and our king is going to do this and that. Their material their idols, you know, the, the idea of status and wealth, it was influencing who they were looking for and they missed it and they didn't have faith. They didn't believe. Verse six, and the remnant took his servants. Okay. This is the remnant of the people that were invited that didn't go to their farm or their merchandise. They took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. The ones that stuck around, the remnant, they did what? Did they thank them? Did they uh, show them hospitality? No. They treated them spitefully. What does it mean to treat someone spitefully? That means to be nasty to them on purpose, to be spiteful, to be angry, to intentionally hurt them. And then they killed them. You know, if you look at how Israel killed the prophets up to that point, Jesus makes mention of this in Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and yea, would not. See, they just absolutely missed it. And not only do they miss it, they developed a hatred for the things of God. They developed a hatred for this king and his marriage. They developed a hatred for, for righteousness. And they literally killed the servants and they killed Jesus. They crucified him. Verse seven. But when the king heard thereof, how do you think the king feels? Remember, this was his son's wedding. He was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. So how do people kindle the anger of God? They reject his free gift of salvation. You know, it's valuable. It cost Jesus his life on the cross to pay the sin debt of those invited, and they forsake him. Why? Lack of faith, carnal living, absolutely turning away from the ways and things of God, disobedience, rebellion, sin. They refuse God's calling, and what happened to them? They died, but here's something I want to point out. Not only did they die, 
But it also mentions here in verse 7, when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers. And then what does it say? And burned up their city. So he destroyed their farm. He destroyed their merchandise. It's all laid to waste. You know, all these false idols that they had spent all their time tending to, they're all gone. They're all destroyed. So they're in hell. They're not with the Lord. They're in eternal punishment, hellfire. And what do they have to look at? Can they look at all that they did and all these great things? No, it's all obliterated. How foolish they must feel. How ridiculous they must feel. How wishing they must feel that they could trade the, the, the pleasure for a season in sin for eternity of joy and peace with God. But it's too late. It is too late by that point. Both who they are and what they built is completely laid to waste. Where is their merchandise now? Where is their farm now? Verse 8, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. So we first see that uh, the time is at hand. The wedding is ready. Look, friend, do you know the wedding is ready? The Lord is ready to return. Uh, The Lord's long-suffering, and I believe in my heart of hearts, he's coming very soon. I'm prepared for that. I hope you're prepared for that today. Understand this. You you may say, well, they've been saying that since days old. Well, they put the the Lord put that in the Bible to defeat that. But also, times are have never been like this. Okay, and I don't. I'm not going to get started on talking about the signs of the times. But if you tell me this is just a normal year, you're out of your mind. Okay, there there are beyond crazy things happening in this world. The time is at hand. And if God would come back now, would you have accepted his free gift of salvation? And would you have rewards waiting for you because you're serving him? Or would he say to you, you could have done so much. You could have done so much for me, but you got yoked up in the things of this world. God forbid. Those that have rejected Christ are not worthy of being there. You see here, verse 8, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden, they which were invited, were not worthy. Those that have rejected Christ are not worthy to be there. They'll be in hell with the devil. You know, you see people, they laugh when you invite them to church, you give them a gospel track, or you try to witness to them, or or you tell them that you're... Uh, living for the Lord, they laugh at it, they mock it, they hate it. But at the same time, they don't realize that they are making themselves unworthy in the sight of God when they reject the saints of God and what the saints of God are trying to tell them out of love, out of, from one beggar to another, saying, look, this is where we found bread. As Brother Adrian Rogers says, that's where we found bread is here Here, let me show you. It's with the Lord. It's with Jesus Christ. You know, as I look at my life, I've been through much. And I take full credit for bad decisions that I made when I was young. Amen. And the Lord was so long-suffering with me. And now all I can do, I can't look down on someone for their situation. I try not to. All I can do is say, This is where I found peace. This is where I found hope. This is where I found everything making sense. This is where I found the Holy Spirit indwells. This is where I found uh, uh, a life of happiness and joy and contentment and purpose. You see, and those that are willing to just laugh at that, 
to, to hate you, to want to kill you if they could, to despite, to spitefully use you, to despise you and all those things. Those that do that to you here, they are not worthy for God's heaven there. And God will take care of that. His servants, at the same time, you imagine here, you know, it says that uh, in verse 7, but when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies, destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. But here in verse 8, then saith he to his servants, see, the servants are still here. See, when we serve God, we're in communion with him. We're living with him. We're never without him. No matter what happens, we're never without God. The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, that's a comfort to me. In a pandemic, in times of trouble, in times of despair, the fact that God will never leave us is so important and so crucial. And we can hold on to that promise, amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, if you accepted his blood atonement for your sin, if if you understand what Jesus did for you on the cross, then you can hold fast to that promise that he will keep you, that he will not leave you. Amen. If you're sick, he's not going to leave you. If you're broke, he's not going to leave you. If you're in turmoil, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you. Amen. He's not. He'll be with us forever. And I love this. His servants were still serving him. We should still be serving God no matter what's going on. The Bible says that we should be meeting more and more as we see the day approaching. Verse 8, Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore, this is verse 9, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them to the marriage. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage, invite to the marriage. So go where? Go to the busy places, the highways. You know, who's on the highway? If if we looked at a highway and we pulled some cars over out of there uh, and asked who they were, they'd probably be everyday folks, right? I know I'm on a highway. You're probably on a highway. We go on highways all the time. Uh, everyday people, God's saying, Go to the common people, invite them, right? There's no there's no special guest list anymore, okay? I'm going to go ahead and invite everyone. Let's see who comes. Uh, before the kingdom of heaven, it was uh, a select group, the invited, the Jews. And now it is for a whosoever, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he loves us, he loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love that whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever. That's, those are the people on the highway, the whosoever's. So God's saying, go out there, go therefore into the highways and as many as you shall find. So again, those that you find, bring them on in, invite them on in. So the servants, is verse 10, so the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. So verse 10 tells us it's the servant's job to gather, to spread the word. And it's not the servant's job to judge the good and the bad. See, the servant just brought them all in. And it's God's job to sort out who is worthy. And they invited as many as they found. We are called to reach all that we can. I hope you understand that. We are to spread a wide net. We are to sow seeds everywhere that we can. You never know who is willing and who is not. We 
for a season there before uh, Corona, we were knocking on doors, inviting people to church, and we would knock on some pretty nice doors and get some pretty mean answers. And we'd knock on some pretty mean looking doors, and you'd be surprised at some of the answers we'd get. It seemed like the more run down the house, the more uh, ramshackle the house was, the more willing someone was to consider coming to church. And the nicer the house, et cetera, maybe the less willing they were to come to church. I think one of them even called the cops on us for knocking, invite, knocking on his door, inviting them to church. God bless them. And we, uh, we took that as a, a blessing for us because it is a blessing. We should rejoice when we are persecuted for the Lord. Amen. But um, the idea is we invite everybody and we, we don't judge, okay, because we really don't know. And if you listen to a lot of preaching, you oftentimes, I'm sure, have heard preachers tell stories of unconventional salvation or unpredictable salvation. People that you wouldn't think would be saved get saved. Amen. I'm one of them. Amen. If anyone from my high school class, if I walked into my high school class and said, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm a preacher, they'd all about fall over. Because, hey, it, God just, it's, it's, just, it's just God being able to do this, to be able to say, look what I did, because no one, everyone knows it wouldn't be me. No one would believe I, I could do anything on my own like this. They know it's all God. Amen. Verse 11, and when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment, so was not worthy of being there, not clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Here's where God does the judgment. He does the sorting of the wheat from the chaff. Another example would be the uh, God sorting the sheep from the goats out of Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. Uh, verse 12, And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou and hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. God must be shocked and saddened by how many Failed to accept his free gift. That same way as the friend with the wedding garment saying, you know, friend, how do you not have a wedding garment on? How do you not know where you're at, right? I mean, God must be sad and saying, how do you not realize what, what's being given to you, what's, what's being offered to you, what you're being invited to? How do you not understand that? I mean, it, it, literally leaving the Lord speechless. Like, I can't believe this. But we have to understand that God will judge. And there's no escaping God's righteous judgment. You know, God's laws are immovable. They're set in stone for a reason. Okay. That's a picture of how God operates. He is 100% holy. He doesn't need, you know, in the United States, we make amendments, etc. God does not need to make any amendments to the law. Amen. The law is the law. And you know what? Yes, Jesus died for our sins. We're no longer under the law, right? But if we reject the free gift of salvation, we're taught we are going to hell. Uh, and matter of fact, this judgment is 100% accurate and deserved. And verse 13 uh, kind of says as much. Then, this, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where is there weeping and gnashing of teeth? In hell. So that's why I was kind of getting ahead of myself there. But truly, that's where the unsaved go. That's where those that reject God's free gift of salvation go. It's 100% fact. God is not going to be negotiated with. He's not going to be charmed. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I have trouble imagining being able to speak in front of God because he's so mighty. The fear of him is so great. He is so holy. What can we say? And so it will be a dark day for those that are not saved and a wonderful day for those that are. Lord, help me, I believe. This is Hell, this is where the lost go. Those that rejected the invitation end up here because of their lack of what? It goes back to faith. They didn't believe. They didn't want to believe. They didn't believe. They rebelled. 
We are obligated to tell everyone we know about the gospel to help prevent this from happening to anyone we can. If there's anybody that you need to present the gospel to, do it now. Don't wait. Amen. I'm the same way. I need, there are people I want to write a letter to, whatever, and this preacher is going to do it. Amen. Because now is the time. Now is the time. Verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. Who hears the gospel and rejects it? Many. Who openly calls themselves Christian, but secretly disobey? Many more. Who hears the gospel, accepts it, and actually makes Jesus Lord and Savior of their lives? A very select few. That's the chosen. Those that hear the gospel, accept it, and actually make Jesus Lord and Savior of their lives. God offers his free gift to all, the whosoever in the highway or the hedges, but a very slight few will accept it. If God were to give you the true opportunity to believe on him and be at that marriage supper, would you agree to go? Would you agree to forsake all and follow him? Take up your cross, or will you be like so many others and pass up the most important invitation you'll ever receive? God help us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for everyone being so attentive here during this little Bible study we had on the radio here today. Amen. God, you are so good. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for a parable that is simple enough that even a simple person like me can understand it. Amen. I've got it. I understand it. I'm trying to share it with the world and let everyone know that you mean business when it comes to the marriage supper. You mean business when it comes to salvation and you mean business here today. And we are at the end of the end of the end times And Lord, I'm just praying here that this stirs people up as they hear it, that they're motivated to go out there and to witness to others. And and God forbid, if anybody be be, uh, lost today or backslid, that they get right with you before it's eternally too late. If the lost gets right with you, amen, they'll be saved. They'll be in heaven forever. And the backslid, if they get right with you, there'll be great reward there for them for serving you and living for you, Lord. We love you and we praise you and we give it all to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's Word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness.